and she gave me a Bible. Said, read the 23rd song every day, and you go back and you're gonna make the team. It happened. But you know, I just want kids, if you, know, if you got you got the ability to go and play in the NFL and make it, that's good for me. Well, welcome again, ladies and gents, to the Run the Race podcast. You know, we talk about fitness and faith on a, on a regular basis. And uh, the NFL football season just kicked off uh, with some Thursday night football and a host of games uh, coming this weekend. And with us uh, as a special guest on uh, on the episode today, it, uh, Otis Sistrunk, a former uh, NFL player with the Oakland Raiders back in the days of the uh, the silver and black a legend from the 1970s. And uh, so we're going to talk to him. I want to introduce him a little bit to you. Uh, he uh, played his entire pro football career with the Oakland Raiders as a defensive lineman uh, from 1972 to 1978. Had a great career. Uh, recovered seven fumbles and uh, had uh, three interceptions during his career and uh, a lot of tackles in between that as well. He was 6'4", 265 at the time. And, uh, and uh, he de- didn't attend college, but he played three years of semi-pro football before joining the LA Rams practice squad and he was also known as the man from Mars that was coined by an announcer who uh, looked down and saw uh, Sistrunk on the sidelines, saw Otis with that cloud of steam coming off of his uh, bald head uh, as uh, one of the big games He's also from Columbus, Georgia, and uh, he played for Spencer High School, uh, the Green Wave. In fact, uh, they just retired his uh, jersey number. We're going to talk about that. And he had a street named after him here in the Columbus, Georgia area, south of Atlanta. Uh, he's about to be inducted into the new Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. They're going to have uh, 30 or 45 new inductees. That'll be October 22nd. He's going to be a part of that inaugural class. That'll happen at the College Football Hall of Fame next month in Atlanta, and uh, he, he's very involved with the youth in this area, passionate about really mentoring them and and uh, telling them to, to follow your dreams, but knowing that the NFL, the NBA, those things uh, don't happen for a lot of men and women, uh, so you have to go get an education, you have to have alternative things to do, um, and so uh, you know he, he really you know thinks that's extremely important. Uh, his family and friends are happy to have you know, be with him to honor him with that street renaming, with the jersey retiring, and he's with us here now at WTVM. So, uh, Otis Sistrunk, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you for inviting me back. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a back, but it's, it's really nice to just to be here to talk about some of the kids. You know, like you mentioned, something about the kids. You know, the kids, you know, the, today is they all want to go to the NBA, they want to go play baseball, and you want to go play football. But, you know, the reason I say get some education because the thing is, if you can't make it in the NFL, you got something to fall back on. Absolutely. So that's my thing is kids. Yeah, absolutely. So important. And I appreciate you coming back in. We had some technical difficulties when we did our interview earlier uh, this week. So uh, those kind of things happen. So I appreciate you uh, no problem. Uh, coming back because uh, I know you're, you've got some great stories to tell. We're going to talk about um, not only your your NFL you know career and highlights from that, but also talk about fitness from back then, decades ago, and fitness now and how that's changed. We're going to talk about uh, race and sports and, and how you were part of a, a duo called 
salt and pepper. And uh, also going to talk about some of those recognitions. I was just mentioning what those mean to you. Uh, but first, uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, the, the NFL season kicking off. I know you're still a Raiders fan, but what is it, you know, um, things have changed a lot, obviously, since you played. So are you, are you still a big fan and you watch regularly? Or, or what do you think about all the changes that have happened? You know, I, I like, you know, yeah, I'm still a Raider fan. You know, they always say, once a Raider, always a Raider. Yeah. So I'm still a Raider fan, but the, you know, some of the rules that they change, you know, like hit the quarterback uh, head on, you know. I don't like to see no quarterback get hurt because they're fragile, they, you know. But you're just running to the problem now is when uh, defense lineman got to work his butt off to get to the quarterback, and then you can't hit him. And then, you know, a lot of, you know, it's, so if you hit him, you go get thrown out of the game, get a fine, and all of this good stuff. Yeah, and there's, there's this kind of uh, a tug of war between the new school and protecting players, especially quarterbacks, versus the old school. And some people like that old school of like like tough and rumble, like you know you're you're out there because football is a, a violent sport, right? Right. It's you know the thing about it. I, I don't think I said this last time. It's it's you know it's like being gladiators. You know, just get out there and fight for three hours, three hours and a half, and you're through. You know, you know, it's a it's a great game. I loved it, and I would I if I had to do it again, I would do it again uh, because uh, football is is so fast, and you got so many big guys now. You know, when I played, you didn't have them bigger guys. Like you say, defensive line was two sixty five. That's big. Yeah. Back in the day, but now they three hundred and fifty. 375, you know, but I think some of them get out, like you say about fitness, some of them will get out of football and then they'll try to lose some of the weight. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, you kind of—it's comparing gladiators to a, in a coliseum because you're playing in front of you know, uh, you know, tens of thousands of fans every every week. And, and and the other thing is that a lot of a lot of fans like to see the, the trenches where this big guy go against this big guy. And you know it's it hurts, and I was watching it last night. You know, up until a storm, and they cut the TV off. But it was really a a big game. You know, you had some big guys play for Buffalo, and you got some big guys play for uh, the for, Rams. for the Rams. So you know, it's it's touch and go. But they, you know, we just don't want nobody to have a head injury, a back, a knees toe up, and then you're out of football. Yeah, so I mean, what kind of injuries in your seven years playing the NFL, and you played before that as well? Obviously, did you did you have a lot of injuries? I had a lot of injuries. I had I had a torn shoulder, tore my shoulder out. I never stopped playing. Went back on the field like the fingernail was up, going towards the back of my hand. Wow! And they just popped it back and taped it up and said, "Go back." And I had three knee replacements. So you know, it's uh. That's why a lot of parents don't want their kids to play uh, football, but then they look at the money and they go, oh yeah, I think it'll be good for you to go play, but when you get out of football, that's when it catches up with you, you know, you had a head problem, back and all of this stuff, and this it's tough on, on someone if you play too long. Yeah, and how do you deal with that, the, the pain of going through an injury like that and, and trying to go back in, or did you know the difference between, well, I can't go back in? You know? Well, I, I didn't think I was going back in when I did the finger. And the doctor said, well, you'll be all right. You can't hurt it no more. So they taped it up, and I went back and played. And then when I told my shoulder, I was thinking I was telling John, I said, well, 
I'm not going to play this game. It was against Detroit. And he said, no, it's the reason why I want you to play. So I played with one of them. But when it got to the next day, I said, Coach, I told you I had the muscle torn in his shoulder. I can't do it. He said, but you don't know what? It's going to heal up before we play the playoff game. And so everybody going to be looking for you and run the ball the other way. If we put somebody else in, think about it, they'll run out of the whole game. So I said, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, and you're referencing Coach John Madden, who right. you played for uh, for the Oakland Raiders back in the '70s, and and he's uh, you know somewhat recently passed away. Um, so w- what was it like playing for him? I mean, he's he's obviously known a lot to, to a lot of people as uh, one of the best announcers ever, and has a video game, very popular one, named after him. But um, he he was kind of a larger than life character, right? Yes, he was. He was John was a. You know, it's tough to put John in a category by himself, but John was just that kind of guy. He was a down-earth coach. I did I worked with him with doing commercials for Miller Lake, and you know, he's just a super nice guy. And I remember when you know I do smoke, and I want to quit smoking. And John was uh, used to come in the locker room and during this time. You could smoke in the locker room, look at TV, and all this. Stuff. It's like a state of the art now. You can't smoke in the locker room. You can only do certain things in the locker room. Everything everything changed since football had changed in the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. And was was he was he a tough coach or was he fair uh, from a player's perspective? I think John was very fair. Uh, you know, it's like it was like he wanted to know where I was from, and I said Columbus, Georgia. He said, "What is that?" I said, "Columbus, Georgia." <laughs> And he said, what school you go to? I said, I went to Spencer High School. <clears throat> so John just said, where, where did he come from? So they said, we traded traded from Rams to the Raiders, and uh, so we think he could help us. We don't know, but uh, he, you know, he, he think he could, we could help him. So, you know, it was pretty good to, to go and work with John, and I think every guy that ever played up under John loved him, but there's so many players in the day, wanted to play for the Raiders because Al Davis, he was, all he wanted to do was win. And so most of the kids, a lot of kids came to play with us. There was only way out of football and came to play with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that yeah. was his famous phrase about just, just, just win, 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 baby, win. You That's know? it. So, uh, and, and uh, for you, you know, um, do you think people underestimated you? Because you know you're this young kid from from Columbus, Georgia. Some people you know hadn't heard where you're from and didn't play college football. Do you think people were like you know didn't didn't maybe they didn't know what you could bring to the to the field? Well, you know the thing about it, I played in the Continental League. The Continental League it's like semi-pro, but uh, it was like Triple A baseball, and then we had twelve teams. And I played in Norfolk, Virginia. So, you know, and then we played teams like in New York. Uh, a lot of guys played in this league, then they made it in the NFL. Yeah. But it was a, it was a great league. And the thing about it, I walked in there and a friend of mine that I was living in Wisconsin, he said, well, why don't you go st- try out for this team? And so I tried out for the team and I made it. And it was, it was touch and go. We had some, what it was like, Guys that went to the NFL and didn't make it, and then they had another shot to go into the Continental League and try to play, and that that was a good thing. Yeah.
was um you were talking about fitness earlier what was your routine i mean this is you you know in your mid-20s late 20s and playing the nfl was it a, a pretty stringent like cardio weights what, what were kind of things you were doing i used to love the workout i don't know if you know this or not but it's i started doing fitness when i was at fort benning okay and working with uh people that you know civilians come in some of the females some of the males and some of the soldiers so you know, it was it was more lifting weights. You get your upper body uh, strong, and then you get your arms and your legs. And so it, you know, it's like three times a week you work out, and uh, you know. So a lot of the players still work out. A lot of players don't work out. If you don't work out, you're gonna get hurt. And the thing about it now is, you only can work out for so many days in the NFL now. They got different rules. You can't wear shoulder pads. Uh, it's, it's a lot of rules that change. Yeah, was uh, was cardio? I mean, were you? Did you do a lot of running? I mean, whether it be in the off season or like during game weeks or whatever. Well, my running was uh, when uh, the season was over. I used to wait to about the end of January. Then I started running three times a week to keep up, you know, keep get my wind and everything blowed up. And then all of a sudden, to get February. Then I start running four days a week, and then I just keep going till I get to seven days, and then I be lifting weights at the same time. During this time, uh, I lived in Virginia Beach, and we hired this uh, Marine to train us, and he trained the devil out of us. <laughs> I mean, we messed up one day and went to the bar across the street and had a piece and a beer, and we was only right across the street from him. He walked in, y'all having fun? I said, yeah, we having fun. You want a beer? You want a, he said, no, no, enjoy yourself. The next day we got there, he said, I want you to run 10 miles. Wow. And then he said, if you don't want to run it, I don't work for you no more. And he got a bicycle. And the three of us took up, we started start running. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. And so he had us boxing boxing each other, squatting, power, everything was power lifted. It was, all of us was defense linemen that went to him. So yeah. it was uh, three times a week. And at first it was five days a week and he said that was too much. When it got closer to you getting ready to go into the, go to, to the camp. So we just cut it back a little bit. And so this particular year, two of us made all pro and one was the most valued player in Canada. Wow. So that's that's the kind of program we was on. Yeah, and you got it. So it sounds like you have a lot of kind of military connections to your your physical training. Right. right. So it, it was, I worked at Hill Post and I just started putting on classes and I had, uh, had a pun, just I had female class, I had male classes and we used to walk and we used to run. So whatever you could do, you, you know, you go out and try to do it. So it, it was pretty good. It worked out real good. Yeah. Now, when your NFL career ended, you were still a young man. Was was it hard to to motivate yourself to continue working out and keep keep your body in shape? Or I mean, and now I know you're in your seventies now. So tell me about like you know, kind of outside of football, staying in shape, walking, playing golf. I need to start back. I've been I've been cut back on walking because my I had. Just had my knees replaced before I moved back to Georgia. But I, I still try to uh, go out and play golf. 
And uh, so you get a lot of walking in. And so I still like to work out. Yeah. You know, I know I can't do the things that I used to do, but you, they always say do a little something is better than nothing. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, fitness is, uh, was good to me. I, I worked 10 here at Fort Benning and 25 at Fort Lewis. Gotcha, yeah. So, so I ran the stadium, so I, I had a chance to work with a lot of kids. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, and a lot of like you said, military connections. And uh, back to your days in, in, in the Raiders. Um, you know, we, I mentioned earlier the kind of the duo that was known uh, as Salt and Pepper. You and Art Thomas during the glory days. I mean, Raiders were an NFL powerhouse. You guys won Super Bowl fourteen um, in nineteen seventy six. Um, so uh, I'd read that you guys both. You know, you wore boots, full length <laughs> leather jackets, bell bottom jeans, crazy hats, but but you were kind of seen maybe as opposites. You got black and white. You were bald. He had the long hair and beard. So what was that like kind of having that? I mean, you were like entertainers off the field doing that, right? <laughs> well, you know, if you do something and, and it's good for you, and, and it was, we thought it was just funny. Sure. So, you know, we'd be at the hotel on a, on a Sunday morning getting ready to go to the stadium. We always have this limousine. Art Tom had went and bought a limousine. So he ran the limousine up. He would wear black and I would wear white. And we would uh, go to the stadium with this limousine driver, had his black hat on and all this stuff. And then when he pull up to the stadium, all the fans just started hollering salt and pepper. So that's how we got the name salt and pepper. Well, we was, at practice one day, and we said, why don't we get some going? You're defense lineman, I'm defense lineman, you know. We're not about black and white. We just want to do something with salt and pepper. I said, okay, that's fine. And this is back, you know, and this is the mid-'70s, you right. know, and, and uh, obviously the 60s was very tumultuous. And, you know, uh, in terms of from, a, from a, like a racial perspective, uh, you guys weren't thinking about that? Or, no. or, or was that something that you think was pretty important to kind of like, well, you know, go, go above that? Well, you know, you don't think of black and white when you say football. Everybody loves sports, and you know the, the players has become real good friends. And Art and myself, we we play side by side. So this is one of the reasons we try to do this, get together with this. And you know, and then I had another brother named Phil. We was, we used to go to the schools, talk to the kids, and you know, we didn't look for that black and white thing because. Raiders, Al Davis didn't want them at, in his, on the team. Yeah. So we, we never had a problem with black and white on, on the Raiders. Yeah, it was all silver and black. Silver and black, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was talking about the players, oh, black absolutely. and white players. Absolutely. Uh, but if you're silver and black, you love it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, even to this day, we still have, obviously, you know, racial tension and issues. I mean, do you think sports helps to kind of um, to bring us together uh, amidst maybe our differences? I, I think it do because, uh, you know, it's all depending on where you come from. You know, like I hit Kenny Stable and I apologize to him, but, uh, you know, you have football players come from the South and you have a lot of blacks come from the South to play in the NFL. And, you know, you got to get out of that mold of black and white. I never looked at it as black and white. I have a lot of friends, they uh, I love them to death because they call and check on me, see how I'm doing. Uh, and Phil is like, he's white, but he's my daughter's godfather. And 
when I was living in Virginia Beach, I brought him to Virginia Beach just to go to church and become my daughter's godfather. And he just loved it to death. And I was used to go to his town uh, in New Jersey every summer just to be with his parents and hang out and eat with them and, and, and enjoy them. And this is Phil who? Phil Villapiano. Okay, gotcha. Um, what were some of the, for you, you know, in your seven years in the NFL, I mean, obviously you – you know, kind of relish that time, but what were some of the highlights for you in terms of, I mean, you guys won the Super Bowl, but along with that, what are some of the things that you loved most about your time? Traveling. Traveling. So, you know, uh, I worked at Vanilla Light, so I used to have to go to the Caribbean two or three times a year for Miller Light. So it was, it was it's... Uh, Doing commercials for them. Right. So the thing is, after you get out of football, is you got to find something to do. You know, like I say, I worked 35 years with the government. And you got a lot of guys don't do nothing but sit at home. Or they say, well, I ain't looking for a job. But we wasn't making the kind of money they make now yeah. that you could play four years and say, I quit. Yeah. You weren't making like millions no, and millions no. of dollars. You were, you were just making thousands. But it was, uh, it was totally different. And, you know, you get a chance to do different things. I did all kind of commercials. I did movies, you know. And you know everything was good for me, and and when you were saying earlier about the bald head and being smoked, uh, Alice Carris, that's who came up, and him and Howard Cosell came up with this on Monday Night Football. But the thing is, to me, you give me a nickname, but it got to be a good nickname, so <laughs> you don't go out in the street and say, "Oh, you know, you're a drug dealer," so you don't you want to go want everybody to call you a drug dealer, but. But uh, me, I, I just said to yourself, I go and do some work, and and when I retire, I'll be happy. Yeah, the man from Mars, did you like that? Yeah, that was Alice Carris and uh, yeah. uh, Howard Cosell. And so it's wrecked today. It's when folks still send mail to me to sign autographs and send them back to them. That's what they say, the man from Mars. When I go to church, I got a deacon... Every every Sunday he would say, "Hey, the man from Mars." <laughs> so you know it's a good good nickname, and you know it, it didn't it never bothered me. Yeah, um, and you know, what would you know in terms of um, you know now that you you know like you said you're still signing autographs to this day and still known as you know uh, Oakland Raiders uh, legend and and player. Um, you know, and then most recently we talked about the street renaming and the jersey being retired. What does it mean, you know, um, to be, you know, even this many decades later to be honored here in your hometown? Well, it's, it was an honor to me. The first was the name on the, on the street sign that they put up to them. And, and it was very personal because my parents made it possible for me. And I said, I dedicate this to my mother and my father and my grandmother. But it was an honor to be, to go through the city and the city uh, put this up for me. And so it was pretty nice. I really enjoyed, uh, uh, the, you know, the name on the streets. And now, you know, uh, who was it? It was one baseball player. He just retired and they made it turned the street name to us. Oh, I already got that. So. <laughs> He's like, I want up to you. This is, a, and by the way, if you ever come to Columbus, Georgia, this is near Dale Drive and 17th Street. 17th so you Street. So you can see Otis Sistrunk right there on the sign. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, 
I was getting ready to, that week we was going to do this is that I was going to Vegas for the alumni. And I called them and told them I wasn't going to be able to make it because they was naming the street after me. Well, yeah, that's good. Go ahead and do it. But it's good to, uh, you know, Columbus, Georgia been good to me. And I, that's why I've never been in trouble. So uh, it's, it was an honor just to have this sign put up in my name. Yeah. And now my kids come in next week and now they'll get a chance to see it. So it takes some pictures. Yeah. And you're talking about how important your mom and dad were and, and how important family is to you. You're the, I believe you told me, the third out of 10 children, right? right. Big family. So was that, um, you know, I'm pretty competitive growing up or did did um, did that kind of drive you to be the, the, the player and the man you are? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, my mother seen me play football once and once or twice in high school. And she said, you need to quit because these guys falling on you and they hurt you. That's right. I said, it's not them, it's me. She said, oh, that's you trying to be, she thought I was mean, turned mean on her. I said, no. So, uh, you know, it was it was a great, it was a great thing to live in Columbus and then you leave Columbus and, and you still have it in your blood that you're from Columbus because if it wasn't for Columbus, you know, you don't know what would have happened. But uh, it, it was real great. and. Uh, you know, the naming of the streak, the jersey, all the different things that really helped me at Columbus. And I, I do a lot of stuff right here in Columbus now, and I like to do more. But you know, sometimes uh, everybody thinks because you play professional football, you want to get paid. No, I don't. I think I paid my dues, but I don't actually to get paid to just come to the school and talk to the kids. Yeah, yeah. And the jersey being retired, I mean, does that bring you back to like, you know, kind of where it all started? I mean, did you, did you, is that where you really got your passion for football in high school? Maybe it was before that. Perhaps. Before I got to high school, it was grade school. And, and the funniest thing is I never played behind nobody. Football, basketball, baseball. I always started in front of everybody. I started when I went to the Raiders. I started when I was in Virginia. And I started at Spencer my first year. Mm. And so, you know, it was everybody, a lot of the teachers used to say, you got a, a sub in front of you that's making you go. You just got to keep it up. Just don't get in no trouble. Just go do what you got to do. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, I appreciate uh, that from a lot of a lot of teachers. And I have a lot of friends. They said, we, we know what you can make it. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I just figured I was, got lucky. They said, no you was good enough to make it. Yeah. So, you know, it was, because uh, when I first went with the Rams, Tommy Protho say, we got to trade you to Oakland, but I don't want to get rid of you. But you caught up in numbers, and that's what happened to a lot of football players, basketball players, and, and, and baseball too. They get caught up in numbers, they got 10 guys too many, they got to get somebody, get rid of. He said, we think things will work out, so they traded me from Oak from uh, from L.A. to Oakland for a seven-round draft choice. Okay. So it worked out pretty good for me. <laughs> I, so I I really loved. It. I went there and I went there with I didn't when I first went there. I didn't go there with an attitude. I went there to play. And uh, well, I think I was talking to John one time. He said, "What do you, what do you want to do?" I said, "I play and do anything you want me to do, as long as the Raiders win." He said, "You know exactly what to say." 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, possibly you might get a job. And this is a good story is that the Saturday we was playing there at St. Louis, and this was going to be the day the defense line coach, you know, I've been sitting behind guys the whole practice uh, training camp. He said, you started. I said, what? He said, you're going to be able to start defense end. I said, oh, okay. I act like it was, I was being cool. I couldn't wait to get to the room. I got in the room, my ex-wife, and I called her. I said, you're not going to believe this. She said, what? I said, I'm starting tomorrow. And I started hollering. It was it was great just to do it, and I had one good friend of mine that played for the played at Spencer, lived in San Francisco. He called me and said, "You ain't the oldest sister I'm from Columbus, do you?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Who is this?" I said, "He said this is Alton Adam." I said, "Oh man, hey, you got to come over here and see me. I need to talk to somebody from Columbus." <laughs> but it was great, and uh, you know, it was a great great run, and I loved every minute of it, and. Uh, like I said before, if I had to do it again, I'd do it. But I like for kids to, if you're gonna be professional, don't give them 100%. Do 110% in the classroom, and you do 110% on the football field, and when you go to church, just, just ask the good Lord to make it happen for you. Yeah, and and what, I mean, in terms of like you talked about, you know, kind of how you really, you do try to do a lot in Columbus and using the platform you have and helping the youth and because, you know, there's, it's an extremely small percentage that'll make it to pro sports, whatever it be, your, if, your, if it's a dream of NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Um, do you, do you, do you find a lot of kids that maybe think that, hey, listen, I can make it, but you know, it's, you got to have what, like that backup plan, like you said, and you gotta, you, I mean, you could, cause it, I mean, I think you don't want to tell people not to dream, but you have to be realistic and have that plan ABC, right? Well, I felt like I could play in the NFL as soon as I come out of high school. There you go. I felt that I could do this. I'm looking at it on TV. Oh, so I'm just as good as he is. Well, well, when I first tried to go. Everybody turned me down. And I can remember my grandmother the last time I moved back here to Columbus, and she said, what are you going to do now? I said, well, I guess I get a job. She said, do me one favor. I said, what is that? Go try it again. And she gave me a Bible. I said, read the 23rd song every day, and you go back and you're going to make the team. Hmm. And it happened. But, you know, I just want kids. If you know, if you got you got the ability to go and play in the NFL and make it, that's good for me. I I'd be happy for you, because I know how hard it was for me. Is my thing was, I got to work twice as hard as you. You don't went to a university, and I just went to high school, and you you know some of the kids went to high school and and college, and they you know played four years of college and four years of high school. I only played four years of high school, but I never sat on the bench. I started at Raiders, I started uh, at Spencer, and I started in, in Virginia. Yeah. So you, you had to give it a, you had to go out there and work your butt off the, if you want to make it. Yeah, and for, I mean, you talked about what your grandmother did and kind of instilling that faith in you, but also, you know, faith in God. How important has that been in your life in terms of like, 
uh, you know, you talk about going to church and the deacon still kind of knowing you from yeah. football. So, I mean, how important is that part of your life? Because some people, you know, it's like, okay, I just believe in self and just, it's all me that's taking, you know, doing this. No, I, I believe in God. I believe he, he put me on the right track and, you know, not like I was getting in trouble, but the thing about it is that I, I try to be there every Sunday. And I, you know, if it's any kids that there, they walk up and want to talk, I, I, I like to talk to the kids at churches. And some of them good want to talk, some don't want to talk. But it's, it play a big part of my life now. It's when when we was uh, when I was playing, we had a thing in the league called Christian Athletes in Action. And so if we was playing, let's say Atlanta. We would come in, but somebody in the program would call the Falcon and say, "We, we got. If you want to meet with us, and you know, and we have a, a some like a prayer thing before the game, because you 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 start going to the stadium at ten. Church start at ten, so you can't go to church. So you have it in uh, with the players. So yeah. we had it. Christian athletes in action, and every Sunday." Somebody will say something about the Bible or something, and, you know, try to get away with it. You know, we now that was the Raiders. Everybody said the Raiders was mean and this and that. But this, we had forty-three guys, thirty-six used to come to this meeting. Wow, and and it, and it created, you know, I mean, obviously that was team camaraderie, but it also created a brotherhood across with other teams, right? I mean, because like, right. listen, hey, listen, we're out there to kind of hit each other hard and win, but but you know, um, but there are so other important things in life. Yes, it is. It's, I don't know if you ever seen this. It used to be that when the when the game is over, players from both teams get in a big circle, and then you have one guy go up there and pray that nobody got hurt. Or, you know, and said, good luck, you know, you go out flying back, hope you get back home safely and all this good stuff. So that, that was uh, that was a good thing for, for the players in the NFL. They still got, got some program, but I don't know what they got now. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, one more thing to ask you about, and, and you were talking about this earlier, about how you had this drive and how teachers even saw it in you that, like, you were going to succeed and kind of whatever you wanted to do, especially like the NFL even. But what what was it for you? What what Was there something in particular that drove you, that got you to, like, go to that next level and to, to um, kind of give it your all, despite, like, getting your finger messed up or whatever else going on? I was 6'4". And weighed 245. And that's what I wanted to play tight end. Oh. That's what I wanted to play in. So I moved from Columbus to went to Milwaukee. Because they had a basketball program with the same like it is in football. It was a, a league that you could play in. And so I, I couldn't get a get know nobody to play in this league. So it was a guy seeing me in uh, playing basketball in Milwaukee from Chicago was a lawyer. And that's when he t- started talking to me about trying to go to Virginia. But I did try to play basketball in, while I was in Milwaukee when I, when I had free time, but I didn't have that much free time. So I had to get a job. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, I mean, for you, it was just kind of, the drive was uh, kind of overcome. You wanted to, to succeed, I guess, and right. wanted to do the best you could. That's the only way you could do it. 
And if you give it all you got, you make it, you don't. You know, like there's the kid that was, they had on TV the other day, said he was working at a grocery store because he didn't make it last year. And he was bagging grocery. And then all of a sudden, you know, he got a chance, they called him, and he don't been on four or five teams. But now he's going to make it big. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a if you got the drive you can make it. But if you don't have the drive, you know, since going out there because the thing is that, you know, we have kids now is so fragile and nobody wanna get the head injuries and the back and legs, but you know, you have a lot of guys get hurt. And it's it, some of them in their career. Yeah. Do you, um, and one very last thing, you know, I know you um, talked about how you're still obviously a fan of the, the now Las Vegas Raiders, I guess used to be Oakland, but, and, and you watch the NFL. Do you, I mean, do you sit and watch the games and do you kind of even think back to like, man, I, I wouldn't do it that way or I would do it that way or, or things, man, things have changed back from, you know, uh, you know, 40 years ago. I mean, do you kind of, with that kind of thing in mind? I do. I did it last night. Uh, I was watching the Rams and Buffalo play. I could see the first quarter because it started raining and the cable went off. So it was, uh, I, I was watching the deep, I watched the trenches down in defense lineman. And I just said, you know, this kid, yeah, he's, he's he take off, he stand up, and I'm going, Stick, get down, get down. I'm talking to myself because <laughs> <laughs> I live by myself. So I, yeah. so, so I said, well, okay. But I, I do. I, I, if when the Raiders play, I cheer them on. I want them to win. They start losing. I get in the truck and I just go. And I leave home. <laughs> but you know, we, you know, the guys that they had a, a alumni last week, and I didn't go to it. So I, I did. I haven't seen a lot of guys where that we talk on yeah. the phone. We try to we try to see each other a lot. And Al and uh, Mark Davis, the Al Davis' son. He's, he made it possible for a lot of guys to come back uh, two weeks ago, and I, and I, you know, I'm gonna go out this year for a game, but yeah, you know, I go out of there and I get ticked off if they're not winning. Yeah, and and then coming up uh, in just a little about a month and a half from now, you're going to be inducted into that Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. So you'll probably get to see a lot of you know uh, Georgia football stars and old friends of yours, right? Two. Two, okay. Two that I, I'm going to love. Right. Well, not but one. I'm counting myself as two. <laughs> Ray Guy. Okay. He's from he's from Georgia. His name is on the list, and both of us made it. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing Ray. He lives in Mississippi now. And I seen him up in Atlanta. We were signing autographs together. And he his legs was positive, but I'm hoping he, he make it. Yeah. Yeah, he's already in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah. And that's my next road. If I could get in the NFL Hall of Fame, I complete my life. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Well you're looking good. You're I mean, in good shape, you know. I know you talked about, you know, uh golfing and losing some weight, but uh but you're you know, I mean you look great for your age. For I gotta sure. go I haven't played this year. Yeah. The guy's on me. <laughs> and I said, I gotta get back out of here. And then I asked somebody to call every week and want to know, can you fly to Maine? Can you fly to Boston? How about Otis? We don't want you to fly to Florida and play with us. And I said, well, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> I just got to make that step. Yeah, absolutely. Once yeah. I make that move, I'll be good. Yeah. The thing about it, I'd like to thank you for 
doing this. You yeah. know, I'm hoping that a lot of kids see it and say, well, you know, especially teachers and say, well, let's let's try to get Otis out here to talk to these kids. Sometimes you can talk to them, sometimes you can't. Uh, I could tell you one story. It was a female, and like I told you, Phil and myself used to go to schools and talk to kids. We was doing this through the bus company in Oakland. And we went to this one junior high school. And then when they introduced me, they said, Otis introduced Phil first. And then they introduced me and said, Otis, by the way, Otis Sistrock didn't go to college. He went straight from high school to the NFL. Well, it was this one girl. I, I, I never met her. And she went home and told her mother and father, Otis Sistrong made it without going to college. I'm going to do something for myself. The girl went taking up ROTC in, there in high school. And then when she got out, she became a second lieutenant. So I am out of football, working at Fort Benning. And this lady walks in and she said, I'm looking for Otis Sistrong. And somebody pointed at me and said, that's him right there. And she came over there, she said, you know what? I just want to thank you. I said, well, thank me for what? She said, you know, you helped me to get in the Army. I said, where are you from? She said, I'm from Oakland. And she said, you had said to us about you could do anything you want to do. All you got to do is stay in school and try to do something for yourself. So I decided to go in the Army. Now, now I'm a second lieutenant, and I just want to thank you for you know you, you helped me to get where I'm at today. Yeah. I haven't seen it since that day. Wow, wow! See, impacting lives across California and Georgia, right? That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, right, Mr. I appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. That's up. Thank you. It was really great sitting down and uh, talking extensively with the man from Mars, the Oakland Raiders star from the 1970s, defensive uh, tackle Otis Sistrunk, uh, who uh, wore number 37 and was class of 1964 from uh, Spencer High School. Here we are in Columbus, Georgia, just south of Atlanta. So uh, great to talk to him. And uh, he um, he talked about you know that jersey being retired. Uh, from his old his alma mater and he says you know that for him means means more than money he was you know very grateful for that and during that ceremony um, that uh, we we covered as a TV station uh, he was called a hero um, an ambassador of the community and it was really a full circle moment for the uh, the principal the current principal there at Spencer High School Johnny Freeman who says that every every Monday night they would gather around the TV and they would watch uh, Otis Sistrunk play football and, um, you know, being from Columbus, you know, it, there's a lot of pride in the community for people. And, and then they come back home and, and give back to their community. And he wants to continue doing that even even in his mid-70s and as he gets older. So uh, um, great to see him uh, getting around. And uh, I know he's uh, wanting to continue uh, his path of fitness as well as faith. And, uh, you know, turning now to our, some of our final segments of the podcast, uh, we usually do a Friday Food for thought, kind of a, a, a quick, uh, quicker episode. Uh, but this week, since this episode's coming out late Friday night, early Saturday morning for your weekend, uh, first full weekend of NFL football, I'm giving you a little bit of that taste in this episode as we've done in the past.
We start with uh, some uh, information uh, that uh, football icon Deion Sanders revealed recently about how prayer and faith helped him overcome a life-threatening diagnosis. These are some articles from Movie Guide and CBN. So uh, Deion Sanders, who was obviously you know one of the best football players ever and now uh, a coach in his own right, uh, he revealed recently that back last year he had blood clots that really threatened his life. And he had eight surgeries, the amputation of, of two toes on his left foot, uh, but he did make a full recovery. And uh, Deion Sanders said it was a blessing because he really could have lost his life. He was talking uh, to uh, on the, the pregame show uh, with Chris Neely in an, in an interview, and he said, when I, when I look up and say, thank you, Jesus, it's because I know the quiet cries at night that were happening in that hospital. I got to really see God's face and the different personalities of God. And uh, so it's very interesting that, that, you know, he's, he's a man of faith and how going through a situation like that, you know, a, you know, almost tragedy, it kind of, you know, uh, it was kind of a fork in the road for him. And uh, Sanders um, spent uh, weeks in the hospital, reportedly, and um, it had a big health scare, obviously. And he, he says prayer got him through it and uh, those long days. And he said uh, he's pretty sure those nurses thought things were going crazy because he was he was vocalizing that prayer to the Lord really uh, all night long uh, at times. So uh, it's as it says in the Bible, pray without ceasing. And now of our parting gift, a little bit of inspiration that we normally give you to close out the podcast. This comes from uh, John Madden, a legendary coach and broadcaster who died at the end of December of 2021, late last year. And obviously, you know, coached Otis Sistrunk, our, ep- our a guest for this episode of the Run the Race podcast, which you can find, again, all 124 episodes uh, on WTVM.com slash podcast, Apple, Spotify, uh, everywhere really you can find uh, podcasts these days. Well, John Madden, he said this. He had a lot of kind of funny quotes and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's impersonated a lot and, and really uh, was great in the broadcast booth. But this is a, this is a pretty good one here. Uh, take a listen. John Madden said, Self-praise is for losers. Be a winner. Stand for something. Always have class and be humble. So let's break that down a little bit. So when you kind of talk yourself up, you're kind of the hype man, hype woman for yourself. He says that's that's being a loser. <laughs> we we hear that and see that a lot on social media, and a lot of us are guilty of that. You know, I'm, I'm not above that as well. You know, kind of uh, kind of praising myself, patting myself on the back. Um, and uh, he says, you know, listen, if you want to be a winner, you got to stand for something. You got to, you know, something important. You got to, you know, stand up for other people, stand up for important issues. Um, but with that, I think the last things he say are really some of the most important ones. Have class. So just, you know, um, be be a classy guy or lady, and um, you know, don't don't do things that are. Um, you know, kind of out of sorts and be humble. You know, it's not about kind of self-praise, but the opposite of that is, is humility. And we can all use a taste of that. We get humbled by other people, by God, by our family. And um, so it's important to find ways to, to do that for sure. Closing out this podcast in prayer, dear Lord, uh, just thank you for this time. We pray uh, for, uh, for health we pray for uh, uh, you know, kind of anything we can do to help our bodies be better, but also our minds, our spirits, 
our souls, Lord God, that we uh, uh, look to you uh, in this place, in this time when, uh, um, you know, as we enter a new season uh, in the fall of 2022, that, uh, Lord God, as we turn the page on this, that we, we look to focus on you more and more each and every day. We thank you for your many blessings. We pray uh, without ceasing as much as we can that uh, that you are almighty God and we just uh, praise you and thank you for everything that you do uh, as we try to to be more like you uh, and imperfect people that we are. Uh, we can strive to do that on a daily and hourly basis. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, Run the race. We try to put out an episode, you know, about once a week uh, talking to uh, extraordinary people or really ordinary people that have done extraordinary things, talking about fitness and faith. We're going to keep that going um, as we are um, almost three years into having this podcast. And uh, you can send me an email, jdennis at wtvm.com, if you have anything you'd like to hear about or have uh, ideas for guests or things you like or don't like. You can also go to Apple Podcasts to the bottom, scan down. And uh, you can see a place where you can write a quick review. We'd love for you to to give us your comments, give us your take, and will help us to to keep uh, to keep on keeping on. And uh, you can give us five stars if you like it. If you don't, you know, be honest with me. You know, I, I don't mind at all. So I uh, hope you enjoy watching some uh, football this weekend, college football, NFL. I'm actually headed with my wife to Athens, Georgia. We were going to see our very first uh, home UGA football game as new dog fans with our son attending there. And uh, then I actually just signed up for my next marathon. It'll be early next month, October, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So on a uh, near future episode, we will be talking, uh, give me a little race recap to see how that marathon went in my 20th state. So uh, hope you guys uh, have a great weekend, and uh, God bless.